Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host today, Adam Chop, and today with me is the one and only Juan with Taekwondo Athletic Center out of Coconut Creek, Florida. Juan, how are you today? We're doing fantastic, sir. Fantastic. Awesome. Love to hear it. Love the energy. Looks like you got some great weather out there as well. Jealous. Um, (laughs) Pleasure to have you on on the show today. Uh, I'm excited uh, for myself and the listeners to learn all about you and your facility. Uh, So, Mr. Juan, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and kind of give the the audience yours and go and tell them a little bit about yourself, what you've done, um, you know, your passion behind everything and how you got into where you are now. Okay. I'm going to start from my childhood, if you don't mind. Is that all right? Absolutely. Go for it. All right. <laughs> so so you, you guys do the math. I'm 55 years old. Just turned 55. Uh, I've been in uh, fitness since 1976 uh, as a child. <laughs> I, I joined uh, the wrestling national team from my home country, which is Guatemala. And I didn't realize what I was doing until... Uh, how serious the facility that I was in, I discovered in 1978 that I was training at the uh, Guatemalan Olympic Training Center. Uh, Just by coincidence, I was watching TV and the commercial of the Olympics popped up. And I say, I recognize those circles. I've seen those circles before. That's pretty cool. And I say, I didn't think anything of it. I uh, got back on, uh, got on the bus, public transportation, to the facility, and as I'm walking up the stairs, I looked up and I read Guatemalan Olympic Training Center. And I said, wow, I'm one of the chosen ones. (laughs) So, (laughs) and since 1978, I developed this passion for sports and athletics and and everything. It's been been since me, since me, uh, with me for, for that, for that long. And that energy is still going on. And right, um, supposedly, well, back in the day, what we were focusing for the 1988 Olympics with uh, in wrestling, uh, freestyle. We were doing freestyle wrestling, and um, and uh, through the process and everything, we were going. We we're doing very well. Um, through the years, I, well, my parents were divorced. Uh, they had left us to be raised with my grandmother. My grandmother was raising eight kids on her own. And through the time, we, our parents, my parents disappeared. I didn't know what was going on. And, uh, and I just focused on my, on my thing. You know, I was the only kid without parents, but with a, with a strong grandmother. And that grandmother, she, uh, she, used to, she used to work from five in the morning until midnight just to feed eight kids that old lady, and uh, she used to sell food on the street just to feed us. And I used to see her work hard, and uh, that gave me the, that drive to, to be better at something that I found uh, as a passion, as a passion. I, I developed that, that love for, for athletics uh, so because he was challenging. Through the years, you know, doing the wrestling and everything, I... Uh, I was cross-training with kickboxers and, and Korean karate because 
Taekwondo or the word was new to the world. So I was learning that. In 1980, uh, 1981 is when I first, let's say, first met my mom. And she came to pick me, she came to pick us up to bring us to the States. So once we were here in the States, uh, I couldn't find a facility to train wrestling the way I was training back home at the elite level. And I was turned off. So I started looking for the other passion, which was martial arts. I went to a lot of schools. I was kicked out of so many because I, <laughs> no, one, no one wanted to hire a 14-year-old uh, to work for them because it's child labor laws. And I was kicked out. I wanted to work for someone doing the, the athletic part and uh, the, the conditioning part. I was kicked out of quite a few of them. So what a 14-year-old do? Find a job, clean a private school. <laughs> I, uh, I was cleaning a private school. And that money that I was, that was earning, I was able to pay for the after-school program at the local high school. North Carolina High School had a karate program. And I joined that and uh, kept me busy for a while until years later, I found, uh, well, I got older enough to get a job and pay for my tuition in, uh, in uh, my Taekwondo school back in, in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. And from there, the instructor, the master, I wish I could mention his name, but I, can't, I won't, <laughs> not a good relationship. Uh, but we, uh, he hired me to, to work for him. But um, he saw my passion, he saw my abilities, he saw my, uh, my drive, but uh, he was not recognized as, as, um, as a person. I was treated like a, uh, the cleaning guy or the instructor, you know, even though we were running classes for 100 people in the class, he would sit in his office and I would run everything from cleaning to talk and teach. That was my job. A humility, a lot of humility. And uh, it humbled me and I said, well, really? Wow, I'm putting up all this, putting up with all this abuse or mental abuse or discrimination, whatever he, he had. I really like this. <laughs> I love this, regardless of how I'm being treated. So I said, one day, one day I will have my own and I'll treat everybody the way I want to be treated. And I kept going and I kept going and uh, I, Jersey, I was, that, that was in Jersey and I made the team in Jersey. I, I trained with, a, with elite guys back in the day uh, in the 90s. Uh, 90s, uh, New Jersey, I can say it because uh, in New Jersey, we were, uh, New Jersey controlled the Olympic Taekwondo um, in, in the United States. We have Herb Perez, Kevin Padilla, and uh, Mark Williams, uh, and the local guy from New York, Peter Bardatos, those guys were uh, the top fighters in the country. And I was able to go to the, the training sessions and scrimmages with them. And that's when I learned the, most of the things that I do now. Uh, later on, I, you know, I decided to compete and I, I, I've been, I was able to to go to US Open, get a gold medal, and um, 
both in fighting and the traditional movements, which is called Pumse. And I've been training and creating champions from, oof, for, for a long time. Currently in here in, Flo here in Florida, my facility opened in 2007, right before the recession. <laughs> I didn't know I should have checked, checked the market. The poor uh, I opened up the, the facility in a lots of uh, lots of ups and downs. I was able to have a, a close to 100 members in an 800 square feet facility. And some of the sessions were held on the street because we had a lots and lots of people. Um, we were training Olympic Taekwondo. Um, and from there, we moved to Davos in Boca. Now we, we in Coconut Creek. We've been here uh, 12 years, I think, here in Coconut Creek. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, 14 years in Coconut Creek. Um, and out of this area, we were able to put kids in the U.S. national team, AAU, ATU, and reach the podium at the uh, USAT. Lots of team tryouts. Um, with, that means the kids are the top five in the country as fighters. And also, in the, we call it Sport Pumse, which is the, the forms the, uh, for the karate people, the katas. <laughs> we were able to, <laughs> so we were able to put this in. Uh, I have a few kids that are up and coming right now. They're training towards, towards team, not just the US, but we have other, other countries there looking at our kids and we're, we're working towards, towards that. Our kids are um, motivated by my drive. The way I, uh, I run the class is very physical. It's a lot of conditioning going on. Uh, a lot of mobility movements, flexibility, strength and conditioning, uh, explosive drills, uh, a billion kicks a day, a billion punches a day, just to get the kids going to another level. Another level. Um, and pretty much, pretty much uh, right now, the facilities uh, we just recently moved to a new, new location, which is bigger and better. Um, this 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 place has everything that I want, uh, including a, a track in the back, uh, a running path, which is two miles. And we use that as a part of a warm up, uh, and and uh, just to be different. We're, we're we are a private school. We're not a franchise. So in this uh, private school allows us to do things different than other the other locations around the area, uh, because we don't want to follow a pattern. The only way we could develop the people that we're developing is the, the way uh, by not following a pattern. Um, no scripts. We're not car salesmen. We're not, uh, we are creating athletes. That's the reason that I named the school Taekwondo Athletic Center, because we focus on the art, the athleticism, and the center is as, uh, is the family and the group of people there we put in together um, pretty much it. I can, I can go on and on, but is anything else you want me to say about <laughs> the facility?
No, no, I think you, you've answered multiple questions that I was going to kind of dive into along with your story and everything. So uh, that's great. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, very, um, you know, humbling, I would say in the least, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, I won't touch on this too much, but you know, it's, it's sad in a way back then, you know, how all different types of people got treated, you know, I think yours is just one example. Um, Mm -hmm. But the thing that's amazing that stands out to me is, you know, you faced the adversity and you overcame it with, with humbling and joy versus, you know, well, I'm going to make somebody pay like I did and the stuff like that. So like, I I think that's really shows a great character and also instills it into your, your, your athletes and your community that you have built so far. So kudos to you for that. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Of course. You know, I I love hearing that stuff because it just it just shows that you know there is good out there in the world and um you know one one day we all strive to to be that way thank get, you of course um well one uh again amazing story you know you touched on you originally started right before the recession you know now you just got a new facility not too long ago um roughly how big is that new facility this one we had a downsize because uh, um it's uh the coconut, well, you know, the area of South Florida is one of the most expensive oh, areas yeah. to live. <laughs> yes, and sir. Uh, this one is uh, 1,600 square feet, but it feels like it's at 4,000 square feet because the way it's, uh, is the way I uh, have it built. I designed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And awesome. yeah, no, I have everything that I need from uh, the weightlifting. From, from the weights to bikes and everything that I need to to run a proper class. And when the classes are big, like I we had a huge class this this Saturday, we were trading outside. <laughs> no, oh, I said, no, some days no. that might be good, some days that might be bad. Yeah, well, well this one was great because everybody saw movement, everybody saw discipline, all the neighbors saw that they, they I had uh, I had about 20 or 30 kids in one session and all of them were following like soldiers and uh, without me screaming and without going, come on, brother. <laughs> Just the discipline behind it, the discipline behind it was, is what made it great. Yeah, hundred percent. Love it, Juan. Um, so, you know, you touched on, back you know when you had like 800 square feet or you know whatever the case was you had um you know 100 and some kids you know what's kind of like your member base right now like how many people do you have currently coming into the gym now right now it's about i would say about 80 right now okay and i'm looking forward to to only because of the, this move was kind of rough yeah you know it's, it's uh, some people are um not used to change they get comfortable, yeah. and that was that, uh, the previous place was a comfort for them. This one is just just uh, two miles away, but people see it inconvenient. But it's uh, you know um, I operate like this. Uh, I don't have any contracts with anyone, and I've been open since since then since night uh, for since two thousand and seven. The the uh, the contract. Uh, because I want to show people when you do something and you love something, the commitment has to come from your, your heart. 
Yeah. Not from a financial commitment. And has been, you know, 15 years operating. It has worked. And I, uh, from my kids, I can tell you, I, one of the very few competitive schools with professionals, with prof what I mean professionals, just the way I want my kids to train hard, I want them to study hard. I have, I can gather at least 10 doctors, MDs, uh, attorneys, architects, engineers. I have the national champion in, in engineer, engineering who is in uh, Michigan State University. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Michi Michigan University, whatever Michigan it is. Michigan or Michigan State, that, that's, that's fighting words, depending on who you're talking to. And, uh, and my boy, and my boy uh, made the dean list, and he was the top, one of the top fighters in the United States. Only lost to the Pan American champion. So, so what I'm saying, I pushed them to work hard and also get good academics. So that's, that, that speaks a lot for the program. And, and not just focusing on, you know, check me out, you know. <laughs> Look what I can do. Do what I can do. No, it's more than that. It's deeper than that. No, man, that's awesome. It sounds like you have, you're instilling, you know, heart and drive and work ethic all in your students, you know, and that kind of reflects into the real world because, you know, if, uh, if you're not growing, you're dying. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah that's, that's one of our core tenets over here. You know, you say grow or die because every day there's something evolving. There's something new coming out. And if you're not keeping up with the times, you're falling behind. You're falling behind. Uh, you know, struggle, struggle is healthy. It is. <laughs> it is. As long as there's a good balance. It's a good balance. Yes. Awesome, man. Well, one, kind of describe to our members, you know, I know like you've got a lot of experience, national champions, you know, big time athletes, you know, things like this. But what about for like the the general population? You know, like with, like somebody comes in your your taekwondo facility. You know, what can they expect if someone wants to just move, get healthy, whatever that looks like to them? You know, kind of like talk to talk us through like some classes that you have that are geared towards just like general population. Okay, I um I have a, a boot camp class at five thirty in the morning. Um, that's Monday through uh, Monday through Friday, and I we do um actually CrossFit. That's what we do. Because CrossFit was made for, for athletes. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> you know, so they call it CrossFit, but for us, it was functional training. We uh, do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I might be wrong, but that's what I, we've been doing that type of exercise since the beginning, beginning of uh, time. So I have uh, cross training. We, we, uh, we do a lot of uh, flipping tires. <laughs> Uh, things like in that nature, and um, let's say a lot of resistance training, a lot of uh, 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 how can I say plyometric movements, agility, yeah. all this to get the heart rate going. Um, it, it has helped a lot of families come closer because now they train in the same facility, and then um, and, and they 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 get healthier. That's at five thirty in the morning. I have also personal training classes at nine a.m. And that's I, when it's not a personal training, I have a small group classes in the, in the morning. Plus I have a boxing with Taekwondo, not cardio box, not, uh, what do you call it? Uh, kickboxing, cardio kickboxing, not, none of that uh, 
sweat and punch here. No, they're learning yeah. proper, proper technique and proper movement, footwork to to be uh, not just to move. Learn and learn proper technique. So when you move, when you're burning, you actually doing your actual work. A lot of back work for them. A lot of um, flexibility work for them. Uh, I have that at lunch, lunchtime around one of uh, twelve thirty and twelve thirty. And I also have one uh, at night, uh, seven seven thirty Monday Mondays and Wednesdays, Mondays and Wednesdays. And that's pretty pretty big class, pretty nice. fun class. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like love to hear that. And uh, I, I I also do another thing. I don't know if you went to the website or anything, but I also I um I coach I coach and I train some of uh, professional and amateur MMA fighters. Okay. Uh, yeah, in the in, in a web on, on the website you'll see some of the some names. I'm gonna drop some names, and because they said it's okay, <laughs> Rashad Evans is one former one. Uh, Hulk and also Mir, uh, Danny Roberts. Um, who else? Taiwan Claxon from Bellator. Who else? Ty Tyler Ray. He is from. Uh, um, I think he's balloted also. I I have a few, and they are listed in the on, on on the website. Those guys have done very well. Uh, I was I don't know if you guys remember. Um, there was a uh, an Ultimate Fighter show from the UFC. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, okay, there was uh yeah. So it was uh, Black Cillians, Black Cillians versus American Top Team. During that show, I was hired to to work with Danny Roberts in the back uh, in the background to to teach him who work on Taekwondo, uh, Taekwondo techniques. Yeah. So for his debut, debut, he will be using some of our our, our techniques. Uh, when he won that fight, because that uh, the ultimate fight I think was eighty seven. Uh, he we he worked he used our technique where counter attack uh, jiu jitsu move. And he was able to win the match. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty awesome. And that was the first time that my name was mentioned in Las Vegas. Uh, Coach Catalan from Boca Raton. Uh, it was so awesome. <laughs> it was awesome oh, doing man. the way as he was. Yeah, and now he's, he's great. And uh, I, I was hired by the owner of the Black Cillians, Mr. Uh, Robinson, who passed away a few years ago. Uh, he saw something special. Uh, that I was doing, and that was that's the reason I was chosen to work with the Black Cillians at that time. Uh, although they that 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 team in particular doesn't exist anymore, the guys are still around, and um, I just felt like I was blessed. I was blessed to be part of some for history, for for you know in in, in, in the MMA world, and I still get in touch, and I still have a few guys that they. They come in the morning and work out once in a while. Mm -hmm. Some of them are, uh, after the pandemic, things change. So the restriction for professional fighters going to public places changed. And I totally understand that, how the safety is first. Yeah. And soon enough, we'll back to, we will be, be back in, uh, to normal and run, run my pro and amateur MMA classes early in the morning, the way we used to. But, you know, they're sorry. 
I could go on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's so cool. It's it's awesome to be able to have those opportunities, um, you know, present themselves and be able to take them and you know give yourself experiences and you know things that you never, you know, maybe even dreamed of. So that's you know you've got quite yeah. the rest in your belt. Yeah, you know, I, know. Uh, I coach. I coach uh, one one fight, one MMA fight in Fort Lauderdale. It was the scariest and the coolest thing I've done in my life. <laughs> scariest and coolest. I like it. Yeah, I was joking. I've had one one MMA fight my whole entire life, but this was like, oh <laughs> you know, non-sanctioned, like backyard, like, you know, in a nightclub kind of setting. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like official, we'll say. I mean, it was a fight, but uh, not like, you know, you'd see in like some of like, your settings. So yeah, that's on my, but uh, no, I love the, the atmosphere and the, you know, it, there's a lot of tranquility in you know learning this and humbling and you know it just prepares oh, you yeah. you never know like nowadays there's so many things that are going on in life it's like you got to be prepared to to tackle anything whether it's exactly. you know physically or you know you have the skills and the discipline to be like okay look i did this kind of training i can do this like exactly and uh um most of like for me you know i've been because i'm you know i'm only five five and a half i'm i'm not perfect i'm just a masterpiece uh <laughs> you're a master of craft <laughs> but i do uh what do you call it uh i i think i get approached once in a while to try people try to challenge and i'm so blessed to have a strong mind and not fall into a trap and because i know my abilities i know even though i'm 55 if you see me moving you would think i'm a 24 year old there you go. It's that, it's that discipline and that tranquility there. Yes, sir. I love it, Juan. Uh, well, cool. Let's let's dive a little bit more into the Taekwondo Athletic Center. So you mentioned you had 80 members early on. You know, you know, kind of talk to me and the listeners about, you know, are you looking to expand that number? Do you want to continue to grow? Kind of like, let's talk like, like short term here. You know, where would you like to see that member base go for you and your facility? Okay. Um, definitely, I want to see double the enrollment double the enrollment that's that's a great thing for for any facility mm -hmm. okay um i want to be able to hire someone to to do multiple classes at the same time and having double double the amount of people gives me that ability to to run more classes absolutely and cater to more people because the demand is pretty big in this area i because we're different we're totally different than every franchise around the area. They, if you guys, uh, there's, sorry, you heard the expression, Mac Dojos. Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> those, we're not. I don't those, like that word. We, I don't, I don't like it at all. <laughs> I don't like it, but uh, there, unfortunately it does exist. And I, I had experiences that some people were training in, um, facility let's call it um recreational sounds better all right okay so when they uh when they make the transition from recreational to a world-class level training they expect to have things done within a month uh to train world class it takes time to achieve world class it takes time uh if you have been training for five years in a recreational facility is gonna take years to correct 
that neglect. Because when you're in a, in a recreational facility, no one is going to correct you. No one is going to care. You know, no one's going to look for your benefit. No one's going to do that because you are a number. And all you're there is to buy belts. And every three months, you move in belts, regardless of your skill level, regardless, flexibility. Then you still those poor people get a black belt. And when they come to a world-class facility mm-hmm. and on the first day they go home crying, <laughs> they realize <laughs> in the five years wasted time. And then when they come to us and say, oh, the facilities are oh, bad, they treat kids bad. No, we train different. We are a different breed of people. Yeah, your party, they're part of the 90% population that want to be entertained. I want the 10% that want to learn and achieve higher. Because that's me. That's myself. You know, I come from, from my humble beginning for where I was, what I came from to achieve what I have achieved is great. Mm-hmm. You know, um, myself, uh, just put it this way. I retired from corporate America at the age of 40. I'm 55. I did the college thing because my parents didn't do it. I don't drink. I don't smoke because my dad did it. I wanted to be different. So why not be different when I operate my business? I want better. Uh, I, I, I had county college, <laughs> county college degree which was not acceptable to get into a high position. Art major, man. <laughs> they call it... Uh... <laughs> Fine arts. <laughs> but I, I needed to do it. But I needed to do it, right? Uh, yeah. I'm an artist. Everything that... They, I designed that. I created that. I put this on the window. So, you, you know... The skills I'm always good use, though. Yes. Yes. I'm, still, I'm using what I learned. Uh, so... I started from, in, even in corporate America, I started in, uh, I show my growth, my uh, ambition. I started in a mail room of an insurance company, pushing a card and distributing mail. And as I went alone, I asked, I said, is there anything else that I could do? I say, oh, we're running, cl- uh, we have classes to teach you how to um, process claims. I said, really? When can I do this? Your lunch lunchtime perfect can i eat while i'm learning they say yes so i ate and i will learn processing claims insurance claims opportunity came i got the job processing claims now i know everything about mailroom and claims and then i say what's next uh, um they say fraud, fraud uh, detection uh they say cost containment making sure that the doctors are not double billing or things like that and stealing the money from the company. And got into that. I created a program there to detect fraud. And, and I did it. And I recovered my first month. Uh, first month, I recovered almost 600000 The next month, almost a million dollars worth of double billing from doctors. And they were getting paid. So, wow. 
So you know, I say, okay, and I say, what is next? I say, there's an opening coming up in a, in, in a, a council receivable. You might want to take a class. I say, no problem. Who's going to pay for it? I say, the company is going to pay for it. No problem. <laughs> I say, yeah, when can right. I do it? <laughs> you could do it at your lunchtime. Boom, did the class, got certified. I got the accounting job. And when I left and I moved here, I came here as a manager, accounting manager, global cash manager, manager for, for um, five, um, Fortune 500 company. Gave my wow. race, gave, my, gave myself a beautiful race. <laughs> and, I, and I did very, very, very well. But that's, that's, my, that's my ambition. If I've done this in my, my life, why not in my business? be different, always try to do the best and give everybody the best service as I can. Although I cannot, uh, I cannot make everyone happy <laughs> because it's impossible. At least I'm content that I gave yeah. them the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's, that's, that's who I am. That's, and that's the reason we're, we're still open. There's a reason we're still open. <laughs> there you go. Bless, yes, bless the, the Taekwondo Lords up there. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah, man. Cool, man. Uh, you know, your story is so inspiring. I love this. Um, you know, with, with Taekwondo Athletic Center, and, you know, you obviously want to double enrollment. The more people can serve, the better it is. The more it's going to give you some financial opportunities to do, you know, whatever it is. What, you know, with, you know, generating more leads and stuff like that, you know, like what's kind of like, um, you know, maybe a hiccup or why haven't you gotten to that doubled membership yet like kind of like what are some challenges that you think that you face currently uh just pressing a button which means uh <laughs> hiring someone for to, to do my marketing got it that's the problem yes. and i i do have my uh one of my former students who just created his own company for uh from a marketing company him and his wife nice. they're gonna start doing it for me very soon and the only, re the only reason I didn't pull the trigger is because I see all these ads and I said, double your memberships, follow my program, a uh, million dollar, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, uh, and when they describe the program, how they do things, those are things that we've been doing all the time. Um, for me to stay in a corner and hand out flyers, that's something uh, that we used to do back in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, yeah. Putting flyers on windshields, that, I, I cannot do that. You have some... We have to do something better with the with the technology that we have. Um, yeah, it's just like you know everything's evolving. You know, like social yes. media is huge nowadays. Almost every yes. single business is using it, and if they're not, they're falling behind. Yeah, in uh, right now my uh, Instagram exploded. It was really awesome. It was really awesome. It, only because my student told me, just do some reels, and you're gonna see more traffic coming into your play, to your to your Instagram. And I started doing reels, and it, and uh, I can tell you, last month, from uh, let's say, my audience went up to three thousand fifty-six percent. From okay. doing nothing to that, it just exploded, and and just from doing those little little reels, um, uh, short videos, I have some traffic coming in without doing any marketing, which is pretty. I think it's pretty, pretty cool. Well, Once yeah, I do the man. marketing with them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Then you throw, start throwing some, you know, targeted marketing out there. Targeted and, marketing, oh. yeah. 
Yeah. Cause yeah. Like, you know, like you said, there's a lot of like, you know, a lot of places out there will like just throw anything and everything to keep your money coming in, but you know, maybe the results are coming back. So it's like, where, where's that line where it's like your ROI is worth the investment to be able to get the right kind of people that you want in your facility, because at the end of the day, you are a business, but certain businesses want certain clientele. And when I mean certain clientele, I mean, like, like you said, that 10%, the people that are willing to put in the work, the ones that want to learn more than just, Oh, this is so cool. I went here for six months and, you know, I can call myself a dojo and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. So definitely agree with that. You know, you, you want to find the right kind of clientele that, that, you know, you, you attract what you seek, basically, you know, the law of attraction. So it's like, you are looking for these certain people, they'll come to you, it might take a little time, or you get the right people on board that are going to align with your marketing vision, and they're going to deliver. So awesome. I love that. So, you know, we uh, talked, you know, marketing is kind of like a a big thing. Sounds like you might have some help coming on. Um, With that aside, you know, what I guess, how do I word this for you? How, it sounds like everybody that comes in your facility is a long-term member, just, just based on like who you are and like your community and everything that you've done, you would say that a lot of your clients stay long-term with you until either they've accomplished what they want or. Or they just move, get married, go to school, move out of state, you know, yep. so that's what it, that's what it is. Um, right. The short term, um, uh, short term, uh, like the people that come with, uh, Man, I don't know if I can say this. Groupon, <laughs> you know, uh, I had. That's the reason I don't do that type of thing, because when you do Groupon and you do other others others uh, gym pass and things like that, yeah, these people are just going. They're looking for deals. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. It's like I feel like you know, um, my fiance and I we uh, dabbled into Groupon for a very short time um, mm-hmm. for what she was doing. Um, I think you know, and this is just my own opinion, but maybe like short term, just to get your name out there, maybe in a sense, but then that's it. Like, then you like cut it off. Like, okay, now like I got some people, I got some traction, you know, I don't want to just bring in people that are here to vacation and, you know, stuff like that. Obviously it's good for business, but you, you still want, like, you want to be able to teach and instill and have, yeah. Yeah. I know. I, um, I, some people put, uh, coupons, specials, yeah, and, uh, come in and we need 50 people to do this. We need 20 males and things like that. And that's right. I, I, I see that I, all the time. I think, like, and everyone in the area is doing it. And I'm, I'm like, why should I follow that pattern? I got to do different. When people contact me, they, they, uh, they ask, what is your special? And I say, us. Like, come sign up and you'll find out. We are the special. If I give you a coupon, that means you're expecting another discount later on. I, I invested time and a lot of money traveling. Oh, yeah. Uh, all, my, all my extra classes that I take, all my uh, seminars, courses that I take to stay up to date. You know, the, the World Taekwondo per, uh, Federation requires a certain standards for me to be, to, for me to sit on a chair and coach. I have to have the knowledge that is going on for that one event, especially yeah. now that it's, the it's, uh, 2024 Olympics are coming. You have to be up to date. 
You know what I mean? So yeah, that's crazy. So, it's right on the corner. So you you know you have to have that you have to have that that knowledge. So when somebody's asking me uh, for a discount or a special, and I said the special is just being here. You in a unique facility. The skills that you're going to learn are going to be the special yeah, the skills and your health. You, that's the special, not not a discount. I'm saying, if I go to your business, if I ask you for a discount, you're going to roll your eyes at me and tell me no. <laughs> say, yeah, a lot of doctor. people like that. They're like, no. Like, I don't <laughs> so, if you go to a doctor and I say, doc, you know, can you not charge me for the office visit today? Mm-hmm. Doctors are going to roll their eyes and they're going to say, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, no, no. So, we have to have a higher standards of, of self and your, what, for me, what, what I created from nothing. I created this from nothing to have something, this phenomenal. I think I deserve everything that I, that I asked for. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not going to sell myself out for, for someone who later on is going to go, oh, that school is cheaper. I think we should go there and save some money. <laughs> okay, stay there, but do not show up to an, uh, tournaments because the skills will be different. That's, <laughs> and that's how, that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Okay, yeah. you want to you learn? You want to you, you have a, a chance and an opportunity to, to be good? Learn, okay, learn, that's it. The special is us. We are the special. Yeah, 100%. It's, you know, I, I love this famous quote. And it's like, do the things that others won't so you can have the other, the other things that others can't. Exactly. There you go. It's, uh, it's, it's all about mindset and perception. And, you know, like certain people have it, certain people don't. Some people acquire it, some people don't. But you know, you're a, a prime example of you know hard work and dedication and coming from, you know, we'll say for lack of words, from the ground up, you know. Exactly. That's it. I, I know what I um but if, if, uh <laughs> I didn't this is crazy, but I didn't discover toilet paper until I moved to the States. We used to use newspaper men. That's how deep, how humbling this is. That's the reason I'm, I strive so hard. I've used a few newspapers back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't recommend it. Uh, I don't recommend it, but I'm just saying, uh, it's that, you know, it's that, that's the, that's the reason I'm so passionate about creating something great because I created something great out of nothing. Yeah. You know no, I mean? and it shows, and it shows, and it's paying mm-hmm. off. And, you know, you're going to definitely do good things. Um, so one, a couple other questions I want to ask you, and I think the listeners want to know this too. So let's talk like bigger picture. You know, we, we talked about like marketing is going to be a huge thing. That's going to help allow your business to expand, get the people in, get the right people in stuff like that. Well, let's talk longer term. Like, what do you want to do with Taekwondo athletic centers long-term? You know, let's talk three to five years, you know, do you want to open up a second facility? Do you want to get a bigger space? Kind of walk us through like, what's your vision for this? Okay. Uh, the bigger space I, um, Prior to this, I had uh, I had a four thousand square feet facility. Okay. And on a, on a good weekend, we had five hundred people fighting, and then it was rough. So the, the large facility was like eh, harder to maintain, harder to manage. 
Yeah. So something like this, uh, 1,700 square feet, 2,000 square feet is just good enough. Uh, uh, opening up a, a couple of new locations, definitely. I would love to. I would love to do that. But I have to have the right people. Uh, and the right people has to be either a student who, who, who decides not to go to college, uh, I mean, not to go into the workforce and stay into, into martial arts. I would help them to the fullest to do the, do the right thing. And the, the, their advantage will be is that I made all the mistakes and they don't have to. So now they, they, they're listening to, for, for experience and I'm pretty sure they will succeed uh, because they, they know what hard work is. Um, it's, it's scary to hire people from out, from, from the street. For me to, to run a, to, for me to sit on a chair in the USA Taekwondo or AAU Taekwondo, I have to go through a background check. So a lot of people, when, when I ask, as a background check, they say no. Yeah. And, uh, no, it's right. You know, almost every single gym owner that I've spoken with over, you know, the weeks and stuff like that, it's, you know, it's the same thing. You got to have the right people. You know, you want to expand, you have the vision, you know, opening up multiple locations, things like that, servicing more people, you know, not only it's like a two, two edged sword, you know, you're going to increase financial stability, but you're also helping others gain the skills and stuff that you want them to achieve. So, um, and the right people are 100%, you know, who you have to have by your side. You can't just hire Joe Schmo on the side of the road and, hey, you want to run a Taekwondo facility. Yeah, I, I've been approached by, I, I've been approached by other gym owners that they have their own schools. Yeah. And they have, say, what can we work together? Let's name it this, let me that. Uh, and I said, well, I created this brand on my own. If you want to part of be part of my brand, we have to do things in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, is if you're glorifying the guy down the street that he's driving that, you know that um, Lamborghini, and that's all you want. No, you gotta have a different type of passion. You gotta work for. You gotta work for the people. You gotta give the people what they deserve, not just take them for. For their money, yeah, it's, you know, and and that's the reason I'm still is Taekwondo Athletic Center is still only one facility because it's difficult to find someone to uh, to do to do it the right way. I mean, to do it my way, like New York and New York say it did it my way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to do it my way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So oh, so the, I I don't want. Uh, I, I want to have the right people, and I'm pretty sure. And I would say in another two, another year, I will have the one person. And I'm not saying boy or girl. All I know, I have it, and they don't know that they're working on it right now. But I'm, I'm working on something, and, oh. and it's gonna come out. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be good. Well, uh, to uh, maybe a fellow student or not a fellow student, if you ever uh, listen to this, well. Mm-hmm. Keep working hard. Uh, yes. Well, cool one for uh, a good time to wrap up here. I got two final questions for you. One yes, is gonna be for the listeners. One's going to be for you. First question is, you know, I think you're a prime example and I'm beyond excited to hear this in, 
you know, for, from somebody that came from the position that you did, you know, coming from, you know, Guatemala to the States and so on and so forth and working basically from scratch to where you are now, what kind of, you know, wisdom can you give somebody that maybe is coming for nothing, but they have a passion, they have a vision, they want to follow, but they just don't know how. What words of advice would you give somebody that's trying to come from A to Z and work themselves up to being their own boss and, you know, doing something that they're passionate about? Go for it. Don't let any, anybody stop you. Just love what you're doing and don't give up. And learn as much as you can. And you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of hard times, but it's fine. It's building you stronger. Just keep going, keep going. You're gonna sleep sleepless nights, but you recover later. <laughs> Just keep going, keep going. They don't give up. You have the tenacity to, to just to go for it. Because that's all you need. You need tenacity. And, and, and that's it. Don't give up. If you love it, it's yours. If you're still doing it after certain years, it's yours. Uh, no one can tell you you're done until you know you're done. That's it. I love it. That's uh, I wish I have more, man. I have more, but I don't want to start uh, tearing up for here. <laughs> no, 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 none of that. No, it's uh, it's good. It's it's simple to the point. You know, if if anyone out there is uh wanting to pursue something, just give it your all. You can't you can't be afraid to, you know, go fifty percent on your dreams or your passion because you're gonna get fifty percent of the result. One hundred percent. You said it. <laughs> cool one. Well, very inspirational. Love that. Um, last but not least, you know, give the listeners a shout out of all your facilities, Insta handles or social media. How can our listeners reach your facility? Uh, we're on Instagram, uh, Taekwondo Athletic Center, all together. Um, we are on Facebook, same name, Taekwondo Athletic Center. And we're located in 4800 uh, West Hillsboro Boulevard, Coconut Creek, 33073. And my phone number is 561-470-3313. Um, stop by and say hello. And, and if we don't do business, we'll become, we will become friends. Awesome, Juan. Uh, I just followed you guys as well. So you got an extra follower. I love it. Thank uh, you, sir. Of course. Uh, well, for everybody listening out there, that's one story. That's his place. If you're in the Coconut Creek area, shoot, even if you're in Fort Lauderdale, Boca Raton, Delray Beach, Boynton Beach, all those areas, take a drive, 30, 45 minutes, go down there, learn some skills, do a Saturday class, do a weekday class. Juan's going to get you all the wheels spinning. Yes. And we're, uh, <laughs> there goes the name. Yes. So again, Taekwondo Athletic Center. Um, for anybody else out there listening, if this story inspired you, if Juan inspired you, you want to come onto the show, tell us about your business, all about, you know, what you're doing, you know, maybe some struggles, stuff like that. Click on the link below, type in all your information. We'll be in touch. But until then, that's another episode of the Gym Lords podcast and Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Dr. K from the Fitness Forum out of California. Hey, Dr. K, what's going on? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. Now, before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at the Fitness Farm, first, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Um, I describe my um, business as a community gym. Um, We do customized workouts for the community. Um, Really try to involve them, educate them, um, and create a, a very individualized uh, experience for the clients that come in here. Okay. So that, that, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. So is there anything in particular that inspired you to start your gym? Um, not, to be honest with you, no. I, I basically, I just kind of, like I was talking about earlier, it just kind of snowballed into it. Um, and basically being in the industry taught me what I love and what I don't love. And basically have um, created a an experience here that in a style that I enjoy so and what I felt that most clients were missing so and that's why I designed the gym the way it is yeah okay so it sounds like you were basically you said the energy taught you what you do and don't love mm-hmm. and then you kind of put that all into your gym exactly so, okay. so what is the what is the gap that you're feeling that you noticed that was missing um basically there was a lack of um, flexibility in the schedules between the trainers and the clients so basically that's where people were getting lost um or dropping off because their schedule got in the way so basically by creating a platform where their schedule didn't impact they didn't lose money if their schedule got in the way um Mm -hmm. And also creating it to a point where they had um, more control over it. They were taking care of it. They were learning about it. Um, Also, the bigger thing was the education thing. So, well, okay, the flexibility and education. So most people that were training with me that I found out early on would walk away and wouldn't know what to do when they went on vacation. So it's annoying. So basically for me, it was, it's really important for my clients to be educated and know exactly what they're doing. Um, And when they walk out of my place, they know how to set up their workouts, how to set up a barbell, how the, you know, what a dumbbell is, what a kettlebell is, what a barbell is, you know, Mm -hmm. all those things that they get lost when they leave because your most trainers just set up everything for them and they don't know how to set up their own workouts. They don't even know, how to program or understand what their program means or what you're trying to accomplish. So that's basically, in a nutshell, flexibility and education. So that's that's where I went. All righty. So prior to opening your gym, you didn't necessarily have a background as an entrepreneur. What were you doing before you decided to open the fitness farm? Before I opened the fitness farm? Um, well, I was working out of other people's gyms 
um, other personal training studios. As a chiropractor, um, kind of 75% and a trainer, 25%. So, um, so that's before I actually opened this place up five years ago, that's what I was doing. And prior to that, I was, you know, college student, um, mm -hmm. spent 10 years of my life in college um, and construction carpenter and was a union carpenter and uh, a bartender too. So put myself through college, you know? Yeah. So th those kinds of things, did all those kinds of things. And then basically, you know, ended up here and now I own a gym. So I'm working on that. So this is my retirement plan. So <laughs> and here we are on a podcast together. Exactly. Exactly. So. so when you opened up your gym, did you start with zero clients or did you already come in with a base? I had, I had, a, I had my personal training clients, um, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. Um, okay. You know, I mean, when you go, because basically, you know, like I told you, this place was a junkyard that I got and I basically had to completely rebuild it out and my construction skills basically helped me out. Um, so had to gut this place out and rebuild it. Um, mm -hmm. So that actually took a lot of time away from me. So I actually lost a lot of clients during that period of time because I was spending too much time building and not enough time with my clients. Mm. Um, and that's also where some of these ideas of basically more flexibility with the schedule came in, came to play too, because basically my clients didn't have the flexibility to work around my schedule and my schedule didn't have the flexibility when I was trying to build this place out. So um, it just took much time. So that's kind of where that idea came came out to play. So. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about marketing and how you're getting people in the door. What's something that's been working very well for the fitness farm? Oh, word of mouth. I'm not a marketeer right yet. That is actually the goal this year. Uh, this year is 100% me learning to be a businessman. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, that that's the goal this year is to basically get out to the community um, mm -hmm. basically put everything that's in my head into my lips and go out and speak and talk to people be more charismatic um, <laughs> being more an extrovert and definitely an introvert by nature but mm -hmm. uh, so and just learning how to be a businessman I mean that's that's my biggest flaw right now so I have a business that runs does well it pays for itself but like I said I want I want to grow at 100% and I want it to keep growing when I'm gone. So it's kind of like, I'm hoping that my ideas, people will gravitate towards them and see how helpful they are for communities and and for people. And so I'm hoping to grow this somewhere. Or if somebody steals my idea, great, and does a better job with it, great. Um, and, you know, that kind of thing, you know, because there's people that are more charismatic than me out there for sure. Um, yeah. So but, before you move on, I didn't want to touch on two points before we get too far away. Okay, okay. Introverted. And then also you said, so what does like learning how to be a businessman, like what does that mean to you? Because I think that that means something different to everybody. Yeah, it does. I mean, I mean, for me, the, you know, you come into this and you say it's not about the money, but if you don't have money, you can't, you can't, you can't help your gym or your community. Um, so you have to, you have to actually start caring eventually. So it's like, um, so me, it's learning what money is really. So that's kind of what 
I'm, you know, I'm starting from the ground up on this. So what is money and what is its purpose? So, you know, when you're investing money, what are you, are you investing in make, you know, something that's going to make you money or are you investing in debt? And right now, most of my money that I've invested has created me more debt. So mm -hmm. now I'm trying to use the money that I have to invest in making more money. So these are things I'm learning. So, you know, that that's, it's, it's a hard, you know, it's being a businessman is hard. I mean, and you have to, you know, the things that I love working out, being with my clients, educating them, you know, you know, I have to take away from that and learn how to be. So I'm basically going back to school. Right? So I know everything there is about physiology and all that stuff. Um, programming all that stuff and now I'm going back to school and now I'm learning to be a businessman so well thank you for your transparency I really appreciate your mindset around that yeah thank you you're welcome so other thing is you mentioned that you're an introvert yes right so being that you're an introvert would it be outside of your comfort zone to go into the community to start to network and talk to people and get your name out there oh absolutely it's been a a complete fail when I've done it before in the past as a chiropractor. So just not, not when I first started doing that as a chiropractor, yeah, and you do these business networking stuff and it's just like, no, I can't, I just, no, it, it was, I would just kind of, yeah, I would roll my eyes at like the sales tactics and all these kinds of things that people are throwing at me. And I'm just like, it's like, it's, that's not my style. And so yeah. That's also another thing. You got to find a style of business salesmanship that's going to work for you that you feel comfortable with. Like you don't feel like a sleaze bag, you know, trying to yeah. sell somebody, upselling something that you really aren't selling. So, you know, true. So, so yeah. for the personal trainer listening or business owner that is having a hard time getting outside of their comfort zone, right? Why is it worth it to you to do that? Uh, because I, I think I'm creating something special here and I actually want, I want to see it grow. So, um, and I have nothing but time left, you know, I'm 56 years old. I want to get to hundred. So what else am I going to do for the next 50 years? So yeah. it's like, let's build this thing up. I think I've created something, you know, a little bit different, a little bit special. Um, and so, you know, let's, you know, let's get out of our comfort zone and let's do something and you know that's what I try to I mean I'm trying to ask my clients to get out of their comfort zone when they're here working out so I need to be able to do that when I'm out of the gym right so because a lot of my people are tech people they are not athletes they are not physical fitness freaks they are not physical fitness nerds they're nerds in other ways and so basically I'm asking them to change their mindset when they come in here and if I can't do it outside of my gym then I'm kind of preaching, you know, you know, I'm not practicing what I preach for. Right? So, so that's why, that's why I need to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Well, we're rooting for you over here at the gym Lords. Thank you. Um, okay. So you've been in business for about six years, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do well, you I've been in business for 15 years in okay. this business, but this actual physical space. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, over the past six years, mm -hmm. because it was, you know, the learning never stops. 
What are two skills, maybe list off two to three skills that you think are important to either develop as a business owner or strengthen? That's a good question. Um, go back to school. I mean, for me, the networking, go to and do all the networking groups and actually listen to what they're saying to you. Um, even though you might not, um, you might not do what they do. Cause I mean, what a, you know, a real estate person's trying to accomplish, um, is the same thing that you are that you're trying to, you are trying to create, um, a persona in the community that people will trust, right? Uh, you know, you have to create a brand that people trust. You have to create an Apple. You have to create, you know, you you have to look at these bigger corporations and basically take from them. Uh, give me one second. Sorry. <clears throat> So basically, yeah, for me, I'm just sitting here. Um, sorry, I'm on a podcast. Um, so I have people coming in. What are you doing? Um, so, I mean, you you really just have to look at the big boys and, and, and you're like, well, they're the big boys. It's like, yeah, but they're the big boys, but they weren't before. They were in a garage just like you. So, um, and what are, what did they do? Right. And even though you may not be a, end up being a billion dollar company, you still need to that trust in that persona. So you got to look at them and look what they did. And, you know, and if you can just kind of read in the history and I'm kind of, a, I, I like history. So I kind of go back and read what they, how they started and what they did and what are the little things that they're still doing um, and try to steal from them. I mean, we all in this, I mean, we all steal from everybody, right? So I don't, yeah. I don't know. There's not too many original ideas out there. You're stealing little things from everybody and creating something that might be a little bit different, but you really did steal everything from everybody. So, right. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm doing that's. I mean, people might steal this idea and make a, a better version of it. And I hope they do. Um, yeah. I've stolen from other people and, basically you know even when it comes to exercise design and all that kind of stuff so yeah so i know we briefly touched on this earlier but the future this is the year of the businessman for you 2023 yeah. and a picture for us about what do you want your gym to look like inside and out inside and out it's going to be actually i think it's going to get a bit busy here do you mind if i take you out side um Um, the joys of my place I have multiple places to go so um, so what does this place look like um, I mean ultimately like also, what's the outcome for you? Because like you said earlier, the outcome for me is um, having the passive income that I want. Okay. So 
I want to basically create a, 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 a place where I can um, I don't have to be concerned about. So basically I want, I can check in on it. It basically, you know, it works kind of like a, it works like a machine in a sense that it basically does, um, it does its own job. I don't have to think about it too much. Um, mm -hmm. The employees are competent and everybody's making money, um, not just me. So, and people are getting their, their money's worth out of out of it so i mean my goal really is to create um an environment that's inviting that's educational inviting people are actually getting their money's worth um out of it um they're not just buying a membership and then um you know never coming in and using it um and people are coming away with more than just a better looking body and mm -hmm better cardio you know i don't want yeah. somebody coming in and just spending just sweating um you know and i don't want a group class kind of thing where you're just getting sweat and you're not getting anything out of it so it's just i don't know i'd rather fail than have that happen so i really my the i think the biggest thing i want to do and, and this is a foundation i want to create an educational institute so um for physical fitness and health. Um, that's really what I want. Yeah. So that people, from what I, as I was listening to you earlier, it seems like you really care about people. And this is what I think all trainers should care about too, but really people learning and having that autonomy to create programs for themselves and learning how to work out, work themselves out properly so that they don't necessarily need to have a personal trainer forever. No. And, and I mean, you, everybody needs a personal trainer. I need a personal trainer. I need somebody to push me a little bit. I need somebody to watch me when I'm, I'm kind of flailing around. You know, I, I work out with my clients in the morning. So my first clients come in at 530 and we all work out together and we all push each other. Um, so um, that's, I need them just as much as they need me. So, um, so, cause it's hard to work out by yourself. It is. So you need, you know, it's nice to have a community around you that's going to push you on those days when you wake up and you don't want to be here. You yeah. Know, we all have those days. Absolutely. Um, I don't give a crap how badass you are. You know, I don't care if you're David <laughs> Goggins or not. David Goggins has a hard time getting up and working out every day too. So, you know, it's, you know, it's a lot, you know, so we all need community, um, even though we're introverts and we're kind of hermits and, you know, I, I can be, the, I'm good being by myself a lot of the time, but, you know, a lot of times I need help too. And I'm yeah. learning how to reach out and, you know, I'm just trying to create that, that vibe around here. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that's what I'm getting around here. So yeah. I hope so too. I like your ideas. Thank you. So, it's almost a good place for us to wrap things up, but I have one more question for you before okay. we sign out. Um, if you could give yourself one piece of advice that you wish you would have had starting out, knowing all that you know six years ago, what would that piece of advice be? Um, I would have... It's hard to, hard to do that, but basically... Um, 
this is a personal thing. I basically, I, I, I had a, a relationship problem. So basically, it, make sure your relationships are intact before you start a business by yourself, because that will distract you from getting your business going and up and going at the, when you have that, a personal problem going at the same time you have a business going, um, that, that, that's going to disrupt your success plain and simple um so either have that intact and going or just don't be in a relationship and just be in a relationship with your business thank you for sharing very well said well yeah. dr k this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out please tell our listeners where they can find you they can find me in san mateo california um right off the 92 in el camino all righty thank you so much dr k we really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast Thank and you. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So Thank you. you're welcome to everybody who tuned in today. We appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to no be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. Okay. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah. Joining us on the show is John Pittman, owner of the Fight Factory in UK. Welcome to the show, John. How are you today? I'm good. For, thanks. Awesome. We're super excited to have you on here. Um, before we get into the business and how you run it, first, I want to hear what made you want to start the gym? Okay, so I started my gym in 2009. Um, before that, I had various jobs, um, driving lorries. Um, I was a bit naughty in my past. I've had quite a checkered history. Um, I've had a very, I had a serious cocaine addiction. Um and I was at a really, really low point for um, a few years where I didn't, I had so much inside me and I really felt like I had so much to give something, but I didn't know what it was. I boxed when I was younger um, at quite a high level. Um, and um, I got injured um, before I could turn professional. And... Um, it was a massive hole in my life. Um, I couldn't fight anymore. And I sort of went right off the rails. Um, got involved in everything that I shouldn't have been involved in. 
and I sort of had no direction. And um, I couldn't even watch boxing on the telly. I couldn't have anything to do with it. I just totally broke me not being able to fight. So um, I'm sort of off the rails um, and in, in a bit of a mess in my life, really. And my wife um, said to me, you know, if there's anything in the world you could do, what would it be? And um, I said I'd own a boxing gym. But at the time, I didn't have any idea about how I could earn money from a boxing gym. Because back in those days, where I'm from, boxing gyms were the type of place that you walked into. And if you weren't going to fight as an amateur or a professional, you had no business being in there. Um, they weren't very welcoming places. You know, they're OK once you once you got to know people. And if you were OK, you know, if you were OK at boxing and are a regular, then you know, it was okay. But if you were just a general member of the public who was never going to fight but maybe wanted to um, hit a bag or something, where I'm from, there was nothing like that. So um, I lost all sort of self-esteem through taking drugs. Um, I, I just didn't have any confidence. I was always quite a popular person and quite um, out, outgoing. But drugs sort of stripped me of everything, of who I was. I, couldn't, I didn't even want to look in the mirror. And um, one day um, I got myself back into the gym, started doing a bit of weights. And I've always, even when I was really using drugs heavily, um, I've always done weights. But I got, I got quite big, but I was sort of looked okay on the outside, but inside I was not healthy at all. Um, you know, I'd be out of breath climbing the stairs type of thing. So I'm back in the gym and I'm training with a few of the lads that I know and we start doing a bit of boxing pad work. Um, and that becomes more regular. And a guy I know had a lockup and he had a, um, a tiny little room at the back of it with a boxing ring in it. And he said to me, why don't you rent that from me and just maybe start doing a few one-to-ones with boxing. So... That was it. I think it was January the 3rd, 2009, that I took on this tiny room. Um, by February, I'd taken on the whole unit. Um, and I literally started with this, this really small, rubbish boxing ring, um, probably three punch bags. The floor was like just oil and crap all over it. I sort of got some mats from somewhere and it was really, really, really basic. But I just thought, I'm going to open a gym where anyone can come in it, even if they just want to hit a bag, um, you know, just somewhere, maybe not someone who, who hasn't got a garage and they haven't got space for a punch bag, but they can come in, they can hit a bag, we can do a bit of circuit training and, and we'll just see how that goes. And it just went from that to it just went crazy like every month anything i earn i put straight back into the gym and um it just grew and grew and grew every month to the point where i think after about three or four months i'd um opened an amateur boxing club there um now when you open an amateur boxing club you're meant to be affiliated already to a to an amateur club in the uk but because I was quite um, still 
people knew me from the, the amateur boxing scene when I was boxing they allowed me to go on a course without being affiliated to anybody which was brilliant so I got my coaching my first coaching badge and um they um that's how it all started really and and it just it just didn't stop growing but when I started that gym nobody gave me a chance apart from my wife like she always um believed in me but everybody else my dad my brother everybody everybody I knew told me I was wasting my time but for some reason I just um I knew that I could make it work because I knew that there was a gap for somewhere to come where people didn't feel intimidated, mm-hmm. um, where they could just come, hit a bag, and just sort of like be a part of something. And I didn't even know what that something was at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, everyone was telling me I was wasting my time. I was, And to be fair, I understand why, because I had messed up pretty much everything up to that point. But... It just, um, it was just, my. I, I knew what my vision was. And to be honest with you, I didn't care if nobody else could see it because I could see it. Um, and like the support I had from my uh, wife was unreal as well. And that was my therapy to get him away from drugs. I had no help from doctors I had no help from anything I, I did it all on my own through sport and through my gym and and that was how it all started really and it's just gone from strength to strength and I really pride my gym on being somewhere where uh, I've got a big sign on the door of my gym that says leave your ego at the door and um, basically I don't care who you are I don't care what walk of life you're from if you, you treat everyone the same like everyone gets on um there may be people who come from different sides of um the city you maybe don't like each other you come to my gym and you will get on you know if you haven't got anything nice to say to each other then you just don't say anything but I'm, I, I don't have people intimidating other people or looking down on other people and a lot of people started coming to my gym because they felt comfortable there whereas in the say some of the bigger commercial gyms you know um they they were intimidated to go there because people made them feel uncomfortable and that was the one thing that I noticed straight away was it was a place where people could come to um to better themselves in an environment where um they didn't feel that they had to live up to someone else's expectations Yeah. Wow, John, that's such a good story. That's amazing. And I know a lot of people out there will be able to relate to that in the addiction aspect. Um, Something that you said earlier on in the story is you couldn't even, you know, watch boxing on TV. Like it was, it was too hard for you to watch. So what happened? What changed? How were you able to go back to it and even start coaching? Like, what was that big shift for you? Um, The biggest part of it was I had 10 years away from boxing um to a point where um i'd come to terms with the fact that i wasn't going to fight again but it i just found it so difficult i mean people look at boxers in the uk like ricky Atten, who is well known for suffering with depression from you know life after boxing 
and, and the big void it leaves. And I never boxed anywhere near the level that he did, but I completely get it because boxing was my whole life. It was everything. Um, I had a lot of issues when I was a child from sort of trauma, from seeing some things I saw when I was a kid, um, from my mum leaving when I was very young. And back in those days, families splitting up was quite a rare thing. It was unheard of. But boxing was a real uh, lifesaver for me to um, to stay sane. Um, but... Um, Coming away from boxing, um, I got myself into such a mess that um, boxing was always in my heart. And I don't know about other sports because I've never really been involved in other sports. But once boxing gets in your blood, it's in your blood forever. You know, and you can't leave it. It's, it's more than a sport. It's, it's just like something that comes from like so deep within you. So when I started getting back into it, it was almost like I just fell in love with it again. And um, I started, you know, I started to realise that there was life after fighting in coaching. And um, I soon noticed that you get a lot from giving to other people. The, the life I was in before with the drugs and the crime and everything else it's, it's the exact opposite it's all about taking and it's not a nice world and it's a, it's a real shallow horrible um world to be in and the people that you you mix with on a day-to-day -day basis are all then they you know you might think they're your friends are not your friends but when i started the gym i started getting people started doing things for me and help and trying to help me better myself and help my gym work for no other reason than they just wanted me me to do well and I couldn't get my head I thought there was an angle behind it I didn't understand it I thought that there must be up to something but then I sort of realized that it was me who was so off key not them and um, there was just a there's so many good people in the world who, who are there to help you, um, mm -hmm. but you've got to help yourself first. I'm probably like rambling on a little bit here, um, but it's such a weird, it was such a weird time because my head was really sort of messed up from the drugs, but um, it, was, it was just like a carpet being unrolled. You know, I started off with nothing, like literally nothing. Um, you know, day by day, it just started getting a bit bigger and a bit better. And we started making, you know, we made loads of mistakes, but we sort of corrected them as we go along. I got no education whatsoever. I didn't get any qualifications from school. Um, so I had to learn about the business side of things and um, everything else that goes with it. So as well as um, recovering from addiction, I had to sort of try and educate myself um into running a business as well so the more i got involved in boxing again the more my life started changing for the better um and it was just what i meant to do like i really i just fight feel that i don't work a day in my life i do what i love and 
you know, Sundays I get to the gym at quarter past five in the morning. Um, if, if I'm at a boxing show after work, I might not get home till two or three the next morning. But I couldn't do that in a factory. I could not do that in a normal job because it's a proper job. It's work. This is what I love doing. So um, being away from boxing for so long, um, I realised how much like, I'd missed it. And once I started getting, I got an amateur boxing club, a couple of people came into my life through the doors. Uh, one, one lad in particular um, was a little street kid. Um, he, he was in, involved in crime. Um, he's on the wrong side of the tracks. Please, please get arrested all the time. And me and him went on a journey from him walking into my gym to him becoming British and Commonwealth champion, European champion, um, WBC world youth champion, uh, ranked number 15 in the world. So it's, it's just been a crazy journey. And um, yeah, it's just crazy. It's mental. That's so cool. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do with mentorship and how you can turn your life around. And it sounds like the time away from boxing kind of gave you like a new perspective on it. And that's how you were able to get back into it. Is that kind of sound accurate? Like you needed yeah. the time away. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and I think, yeah, what you said about being an ex-athlete, that's something a lot of people struggle with, especially listeners of our podcast is like life after a sport. Like, what does it look like when that was your every single day? Um, and I think, yeah, people cope with it in different ways. And I'm glad that you were able to get back into the sport and turn it into a business and change other people's lives with it. It's so cool um, to be able to hear your story. Um, but as far as, you know, you mentioned recovering from addiction at the same time that you're learning how to run a business. Um, so how were you able to grow the business? Like, what did you do to get the word out um, that you were opening a boxing gym? How did you grow it? So, um First of all, prior to me actually getting the unit, just, I don't know whether it's fate or whatever, but I put myself on a fitness instructor's course, um, which was quite difficult because I've never done any sort of, um, I think the last time I was in a classroom, I was probably 14 or 15. Um, and you know, I'm a bit dyslexic. So it was a difficult thing. To, it wasn't um, hard, but it was hard to um, process. Mm -hmm. So I'd done this fitness instructor's course. I don't even know why I did it, but I did it. And then the gym sort of happened. But um, sorry, what was your question? Yeah, how did you get the word out about the gym? How were you able to grow the business? Yeah, so, so what we did, we, we got this unit, and um, this was before Facebook really kicked off. Um, and before social media was um, as big as it is now. So we literally got loads of flyers printed and we would just walk around all day posting them, like my wife, my kids. They were all just walking around everywhere, posting um, flyers through people's doors. Um, and so we got the word out like that. But where I'm from, I'm sort of quite a well-known person anyway. So um, I managed to sort of speak to people who spoke to people and it was like that I worked um on doors as a bouncer for 
a long time. So I knew a lot of people anyway, but I also knew a lot of people in the wrong walks of life. Um, but it was just a lot of it was word of mouth. You get few people in and, you know, and Gloucester is, is a very, it's a city, but it's more like a big town. It's not like London or, or Birmingham where, you know, there's masses of people. It is, it's a big town. So it's not that hard to notice when something new happens. Mm -hmm. And at the time I started the gym, there wasn't really that many gyms around. There was a couple of big commercial gyms. There was one other boxing gym and there was a few hardcore weights gyms. So there was nothing really new in the in the boxing sort of side of things at all. So a lot of it was word of mouth. A lot of it was just walking around, posting flyers. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, and so now, fast forward, we're in 2023 now. Has your marketing changed? Do you do more, you know, with social media uh, and with advertising? How does it look now? So I employ someone to do marketing for us. Um, plus, I've got quite a few um, Facebook followers. Um, I've got a Facebook page for my actual gym. I've got a Facebook page for my amateur boxing gym. Um, the pro the pro boxing in, in the UK, even though, I mean, not compared to like America, UK is quite a small place, but to us, it's still quite a big place. So, um, but the boxing community is quite a small community. So you just get to know people, you get to know everyone on the circuit. And um, it's just, um, it's, it's just like word of mouth for a lot of the, um, a lot of the marketing but with facebook you know you can hit certain groups you can hit certain targets of people so um yes yeah, so a lot of it is just done through facebook now gotcha. and do you do like facebook advertising or is it mostly just you know organic posts um through your facebook page both really i mean like um i post a lot of stuff and i ask people to share it but I also employ somebody to um, a marketing company to put the posts on Facebook. And I found that when I did it myself, sometimes it, it was really hit and miss and I'm not that clued up still on the right keywords to use and stuff like that. So plus I've got um, a website that people can, people can, you know, if you search boxing in Gloucester, I think my, my website will probably stand out probably more than other people's just because um we offer more services we're a 20 not 24 hour gym but we're we're open all the time um as opposed to there is um another boxing gym in gloucester where i used to actually fight for and it's a very old school gym where it's it's, it's really only about amateur boxing but because we offer pro boxing and everyone wants to watch the pro boxing and it, you know it's um a lot more interest that way yeah do you think your current facebook advertising targets the people interested in like general fitness well do you see like a lot of leads come in um on that side of the business um i think it's really difficult to compete with the big commercial gyms um the people that come to my gym like this 
there's no frills in my gym. There's no hiding places. There's, you know, you come to my gym to do a class and you're going to get told what to do, when to do it. If you're not working hard enough, you know, you're going to get encouraged. Um, you know, it's a more personal, it's a family run gym. So there's a lot more personality about my gym than what you would get if you went to one of the bigger gyms. I think the bigger gyms are great, but especially the fitness gyms are brilliant if you're self-motivated. But a lot of people aren't self-motivated. A lot of people don't really know what to do when they get into a gym. And we have people in our fitness classes who are as fit as professional athletes because of their consistency and because of the way we train them. Um, you know, our, our advanced fitness class is, is insane. Um, I've, I used to train um, like Gloucester Rugby Club, which is like, um, you know, they're, they're one of the best rugby clubs in the country. And, you know, they're, their fitness is like, they had to ask me to calm down because they were too um, tired to play on a Saturday, you know? So our, our, our fitness classes are really, really, really full on. Um, and, you know, if we've had a lot of CrossFit people come in who, who are absolutely super fit, and but they seem to be really, really fit for a short period of time. You know, ours is like going at it for an hour. So it's um it's a little bit different to everybody everybody else does I think. Yeah, I think it, then it comes down to targeting the right people to come into the gym because it might not be for everybody. Um, as yeah. far as fitness classes go, so yeah, I think it's about probably targeting the correct leads, not just anybody. Um, but tell us what would be like your biggest piece of advice to someone who wants to own their own gym someday. A lot of our listeners um, are aspiring gym owners, so if you could shed some light on what it's like and, and give them a piece of advice, what would that be? I think if you, um, if you want to own, a, own your own gym, be prepared to not have a life outside it. Um, if you're somebody like me, who the devil plays with idle hands, right? So if I've got too much time on my hands, I will get myself into trouble. Um, but my gym is, it is like such hard work. Um, you know, it, it takes up every minute of your time, but it is so rewarding as well. And I just think like people tell you, you can't do something. Don't, you don't listen to those people. Like the only person who know, who, who needs to see your vision is you. Um, so you know, the closest people to you will be telling you, oh, you don't do it. You're making a mistake and you know, you're wasting your time and it won't work. Don't listen to them. Like, listen to yourself and just be prepared to work hard because if you're prepared to work hard, you can make it work and you'll find a way. If you're not prepared to work hard or you haven't got a partner who is 100% behind you and supporting you, then I think you might struggle. Yeah, I think that's really good advice is to have support and then set the expectation that it's going to be a lot of hard work. <laughs> You're going to be yeah. in the gym a lot. I think that's good advice. Um, before we sign out, I want to leave on a really positive note. What's your favorite part of owning a gym? My favorite part of owning a gym is there's a couple of things for the boxing side is taking a kid who has got nothing. Um, who's never been told that they're good at anything 
and watching them grow from um, sort of somebody who's got no self-confidence into somebody who is boxing in front of a crowd. They may not win all the time, but they, they start believing in themselves and, and making um, something of their life. And also the people that come into the gym who are not confident people, maybe they're a bit overweight or they've got marriage problems or whatever problems they have, and they come to the gym, they become a part of it, and you just see them change and you see them grow and you see them um, just transform their lives through being a part of a, of a, good, a good environment. Yeah, a lot of people just need that one person to tell them, you know, you can do this and to be a mentor for them and be in their corner. And that's amazing that you get to be that, that mentor for so many people and, and kids too. So yeah. that's awesome. Um, John, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, it's been super inspiring. Um, before we let you go though, where can we find you? You know, what's your social media? What's your website? Where can people check you out? So my Facebook is John Pittman. Um, my website is uh, Um My business is Fight Factory Gym Gloucester on Facebook. And um, that's about it, really. Awesome. Thank you again, John. Everyone, check out Fight Factory on Instagram. Check out John on, on Instagram. Thank you again um, for being on the show today. I really appreciate you. No worries. Thanks very much. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.